Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened the Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be the mysteries of God. Let's begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in the first verse, it says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou did not receive? Now if thou did receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou had not received it? Now ye are full, now ye are rich, ye have reigned as kings without us, and I would to God ye did reign, that we also might reign with you. Last month, We looked at this chapter and we studied our call to be ministers and stewards of God. There is, however, more that we need to learn from this chapter. In the first verse, it says, And stewards of the mysteries of God. This is an interesting phrase. In order to better understand this, we need to look at what exactly a mystery is. Oxford Dictionary defines mystery as a noun, meaning something that is difficult or impossible to understand or explain. Noah Webster said, A mystery is a concealed secret, something wholly unknown, or something kept cautiously concealed, and therefore excites curiosity or wonder. In the Greek, we find that this verse conveys an even deeper meaning of mystery. The Greek word used for mystery is mysterion, which means a mystery or secret doctrine of which initiation is necessary. In the New Testament, the counsels of God, once hidden, but now revealed in the gospel, or some fact thereof, the Christian revelation generally, particular truths or details of the Christian revelation. The concordance goes on further to say, In the Bible, a mystery is not something unknowable. Rather, it is what only can be known through revelation, because God reveals it. The definition changes our understanding. The two key parts of these definitions are initiation and revelation. We need to take a closer look at these. 
Initiation is not a word that we usually think of when it comes to Christianity. We usually associate it with secret societies and other similar organizations. But we as Christians are also initiated. Initiation is defined as the act or process of introducing one into a new society by instructing him in its principles and rules or ceremonies as to initiate a person into a Christian community. We're initiated into the faith when we are born again by accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. When we are baptized in water, it's a public declaration of faith and publicly shows our initiation. It symbolizes that we identify ourselves with the death and the resurrection of Christ. It shows that our old nature has died and been buried, and we've been reborn as new creatures in Christ. God's family is not a club. We don't join the kingdom of God. We're born into it. Our initiation doesn't mean that we're joining. We're initiated when we're reborn, born into the family of God. This is required before the mysteries of God can be revealed to you, because spiritual things are spiritually discerned. When we are born again, we are spiritually reborn. We receive a new spirit. John chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 tell us, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 26 and 27 also tell us, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. We cannot discern the mysteries of God in the natural, which is why unbelievers are not able to understand them. This shows us why initiation is necessary. In Matthew 13 and 11, Referring to Jesus, it says, He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Then we find in Luke 8 and 10, which is a parallel passage, it says, And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. These are very important verses because they reveal to us another paradox, which is just one of many that we find all throughout Scripture. We see from these verses and many others, just like them, that Christianity is both inclusive and exclusive. It's inclusive and in that all are welcome. Jesus will never turn anyone away that genuinely calls on Him to be saved and to be set free. 1 Peter 3 and 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. On the other hand, and at the same time, we find that Christianity is also exclusive. It's exclusive in that there are many truths and mysteries that are known and understood only by His people. Non-believers are spiritually blind to these things because they lack spiritual discernment. God has specifically reserved these truths and these mysteries for his people and his disciples, those who have chosen to be disciplined and learn the things and the ways of God. The mysteries of God are exclusive to believers. They are part of the inheritance that Jesus died to make available to us. Initiation is always the first step. We must first be initiated. Then once we are, 
we can then receive revelation. Receiving revelation is crucial to our walk with Christ if we are to grow in God and in the things of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. The only way that we can do this is by receiving revelation from the Lord and acting on it. The order must always be initiation and then revelation. It doesn't occur in any other way. Revelation is very important for us to understand as Christians. It's a term that we often use, but we need to see exactly how it works and how they come and how we discern when we receive one. Noah Webster defined revelation as the act of disclosing or discovering to others what was before unknown to them. Appropriately, the disclosure or communication of truth to men by God himself or by his authorized agents, the prophets and the apostles. Noah Webster also wrote in a second definition, that which is revealed, appropriately the sacred truths which God has communicated to man for his instruction and direction. The revelations of God are contained in the Old and the New Testaments. From these definitions, we see that revelations are not only when God discloses and communicates truth and mysteries to us. The Word of God should also be a revelation to us. When it comes to the Word of God, it is not only meant to be a one-time revelation, it's meant to be a perpetual revelation. It's one of the ways that God uses to give us a new and a deeper revelation of Himself. The Word of God is the most common way that we get revelation. Two of the most rare ways are dreams and visions. The way to tell the difference between a dream and a vision is that a vision is exact. It's a literal seeing of what will take place. Whereas a dream is not exact, but contains symbolic elements representative of what will take place. There are many examples of these all throughout scripture. The other way that we receive revelations is through prayer. There's no better way to get revelations than to be alone with God, speaking to Him one-on-one. -on -one. Since prayer is a conversation, we need to speak to Him and then listen inwardly for His response. It's then when we are listening that God will grant us revelation. Listening is absolutely necessary. Without it, we will get nothing. We have to use our spiritual ear that's within our spirit to listen inwardly. Then, once God has granted us revelation, we will know that we have received it because we'll know and we'll understand some truth or mystery that was previously unknown to us. Then we need to continue praying with the new understanding that God gives us. When we spend time alone with God and really commune with Him and really acquaint ourselves with Him, the worshiping that we do will open up the windows of heaven and we may find that the Lord gives us a dream or a vision through which the Lord reveals to us even greater revelations. When it comes to receiving revelations, it is necessary that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. This is because it is the power of the Holy Spirit working within us that enlightens our understanding to be able not only to receive revelations, but to also apply the understanding that we gain from them in our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, revelations would be meaningless because we would be vainly attempting to naturally discern something that is spiritual. John 16 and 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He guides us into all truth, 
and he shows us things to come through revelation. We can never go deeper in truth if deeper truth is not revealed to us first. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning in the second verse, it says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men, to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation, or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine, and even things without life, giving sound, whether pipe or harp, Except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, If I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. In verse 2, we found the phrase, Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Once we are filled with the Holy Ghost and have received the gift of tongues, we need to go deeper with our prayer and start regularly praying in tongues. When we do, we are speaking mysteries in the Spirit. When we're speaking in tongues, we do so in faith, because it's unknown to us what is being said, and we have to trust that those words have meaning in the Spirit. Then the Lord honors our faith by revealing the mysteries either inwardly in our spirit or outwardly through an interpreter. Revelation is necessary for this. We can't go without it. In verse 6, Paul said, If I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation? It is the revelation that helps us to understand what was spoken and prayed so that it can edify both ourselves and others. Verse 13 tells us, Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. If we don't already have it, we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will grant us the gift of interpretation of tongues. Verse 15 is also very important for our study. It says, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. The proper context of this verse is that Paul is referring to praying and singing in a public corporate worship setting. But there is also a lesson within this verse that we can apply to our own private individual prayer time. When we're alone during our private prayer time and devotion time, 
We need to pray in tongues. Then we need to listen inwardly for the Holy Spirit to give us the interpretation and the revelations from the mysteries that we prayed. Then, once we have listened and received revelation, we then need to pray using that understanding that we have received. This helps our prayers to become more and more informed by deeper truths and to become more specific. The same holds true when it comes to singing. When we sing and praise God in tongues, we are singing mysteries, and even though we are worshiping, we should still take the time to listen inwardly so that the Holy Spirit can interpret and reveal things to us, and it will give us a greater and a deeper understanding of the greatness of God. Then we will be able also to sing with understanding. The reason that we are told to both pray in the Spirit and with the understanding is because God never gives us a revelation for no reason. He reveals to us what is necessary for us to know or what we've been desiring to know and then wants us to use and to apply that information. What good is information and knowledge that is never used or applied? We receive the benefits of knowledge when we do something with it. We need to be productive with it. When we have more understanding, we can pray more specific prayers and we can produce more spiritual fruit. This has to do with our stewardship. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 said, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. When the mysteries of God are revealed to us, we are called to steward them. Noah Webster said the word steward means, in scripture and theology, a minister of Christ, whose duty it is to dispense the provisions of the gospel, to preach its doctrines, and to administer its ordinances. We need to do the same thing with the mysteries of God. When the Lord reveals a mystery to us, we need to share it with our fellow believers so that they can be edified by them as well. We also need to guard and protect and watch over the mysteries. Mysteries are the secrets that God has specially reserved for his people. Unbelievers won't understand the mysteries, and the devil will use their lack of understanding to further hinder them from seeing the light of the gospel of Christ. The devil wants to confuse people so that they sink in a sea of ambiguity, hopelessly lost. The Lord is not the author of confusion. He wants to reveal his mysteries to anyone who will willingly receive them, but they first need to be born again. We need to manage the mysteries that God has given us. This is crucial to being a good steward. We need to know where to speak about them, when to do it, how to do it, and to who. Good stewardship requires us to use discretion and discernment. We should desire for others to receive revelation and to understand the mysteries of God for themselves. We should also desire for non-believers to come to faith in Christ so that they can understand the mysteries of God also. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in the 12th verse, it says, Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Unbelievers today, just like in the first century, 
have a veil upon their hearts and their minds. They are blinded to the truth. This is a sad state of affairs, but this doesn't have to be the way that it stays. Before we were saved, we all experienced the same thing. But when we heard the words of the gospel, the Lord came into our hearts and he tore the veil from top to bottom. And then the light of the gospel of Christ was able to shine forth all throughout our lives. And with the light comes understanding. God can open up anyone's heart to hear the gospel and to embrace it. Verse 16 says, Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. It's his will that all would be saved. All people need to do is turn to the Lord. As Christians, it's crucial that we understand how mysteries work, especially the two keys of initiation and revelation. We need to really get along with God and really spend time with him. When we do this and truly listen, this is when the Lord will speak to us and the Holy Spirit will guide us and we will receive revelations. Mysteries and faith are not unknowable or impossible to understand. If you're a believer and a disciple of Christ, it is not only our inheritance to know and to understand these things, but also to manage and to steward them. This is a great calling and shows us how much the Lord loves us and trusts us. He cares about us so much that he is willing and excited to share his special secrets with us. As we saw before, a mystery is something that excites curiosity or wonder. We should be excited, and we should deeply desire to receive revelation and know the mysteries of God. They are all far greater than anything this world could ever tell us. If we take these mysteries and use them to produce spiritual fruit, we will be found faithful and will grow in the things of God, and God will continually change us from glory to glory. This is our inheritance. Let's claim revelations to the mysteries in faith. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, we thank you that you are not a God that has left us in the dark, but that you came into our hearts when we sought and we turned to you, and that you tore that veil in our heart from top to bottom, and that your glorious light has shone forth within our lives, Lord God. And we thank you that you have those special secrets that are specifically reserved for us as your people, Lord God. And we thank you for the mystery. We claim it in faith. We want to know those special secrets that you have for us. We want the complete inheritance that you give us in your word and all that comes with it. And Lord, once you have given us those mysteries, give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom to manage them well and to know when to say them and how to say them and all these different things so that we could be the best representative of you that we can possibly be. Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We thank you that he's continually guiding us and helping us along the way. And Lord, we thank you that we can be alone with you and speak to you as our friend. And Lord, we thank you that even right now, that you're beginning to reveal those mysteries to us in faith. And Lord, we give you all the honor and all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to understand the mysteries of God and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. Now, if you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. 
We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from, and if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all, and we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.